it's that time of the week again. It's Flat Out RC podcast time, the podcast where we talk all things radio control flight. We're talking radio control planes, helis and drones. My name's Andrew Sill coming to you from the land down under in Melbourne, Australia. Sunny Melbourne, Australia. Got some good weather here. The field's drying out. It's good news. Uh, Good episode. We're going to a younger demographic this week with a, a junior member from the flying community uh, Alex Chigwidden is joining us. Uh, the young 15-year-old, I think he is, uh, will be on air telling us about his story in aero modelling, and it's quite an interesting one at that. So stay tuned for my chat with Alex. But before we do, let's take a look at what's been on my mind. Well, Christmas is looming, and that means that... Good time to go flying. We have, you know, if anybody listening overseas, which about half the audience is listening overseas, uh, Christmas time down here in Australia just generally means summertime, warm weather, and it means holidays. It's the time when we take our, you know, work stops for most people and uh, we enjoy the outdoors and being with family and friends and all that kind of stuff. And I can't wait personally. It's been a busy year. Uh, mentally drained at the moment, looking forward to having a bit of a break and enjoying some activities and and the outdoors. Uh, summer has arrived very late here in Melbourne, where, where I am. We finally got some warm weather, but it's going to get cold again, so uh, uh, hopefully we'll warm up for that Christmas period. But uh, yeah, not only not a couple of weeks or something, I think, as this goes to air. I'm trying to think, yeah, a few weeks. Uh, I'm actually going to Malaysia before Christmas to do a, a video shoot for... A, for a customer of mine, which uh, was flying visit. So I'm looking forward to doing that, getting over and done with in the run through to Christmas and then the break. Just a reminder that if you're new to listening to the Flat Out RC podcast, of course, subscribe. But uh, I take January off. January is sort of the time for me to regroup, uh, take a bit of a break from the pressures of uh, producing the podcast and that kind of stuff. Uh, um, but there's always plenty of back episodes. Most people haven't listened to every single episode. So there's, there's one that you're going to find. There's a few that I've loved. Uh, one, of the, one of my favorite ones has been the Michael Timms uh, flying lesson. Uh, that was really talked to a lot of people about that. That's a good episode to listen to. So uh, I will be taking a break. I'm hopefully going to get some flying in. Uh, that is on the agenda, just determining what models I need to take with me where to go flying. Uh, but I've got a lot of options, so n- no excuses really. So I hope to get out flying. I hope you will get out flying as well. Now, what's been on my mind? Well, uh, this what what's on my mind sort of thing becomes a bit of an opinion piece, but you know it's something that uh, I don't mind sharing to to provoke thought. You don't have to agree with me, you don't have to like me, but it's just there to get people thinking about different things that relate to our hobby of aero modelling. One of the things is the role that we all play in fostering the hobby and 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 making people welcome at flying clubs. Uh, you know, I've had. Plenty of discussions with the powers that be at some of our uh, big associations, and that they say to me that you know one of the problems is no matter what they do, if the people down on the ground are not doing the right thing, then we're not going to encourage new membership. And I, I, I keep on hearing stories at certain clubs where the committee might not be welcoming to the members, you know, put, you know, visitors and things like that. We've got to change our attitudes and understand that. Um, this hobby changes is here in Australia in the next no doubt around the world I'd say or similar problem in other countries that in the next 15 to 20 years 
our numbers significantly significantly decline because our our death rate is is greater than our birth rate basically, uh, and that means that that changes the dynamic in our hobby when it comes from to the industry perspective, our our clout with. Uh, with um, authorities as far as our, our rights to fly, um, the affordability of having clubs, so on and so forth. So I think it's up to us, you know, to to do our best, and and each club can do that. And you know, one of the things I'd love to see in twenty twenty three is clubs around Australia start to put on the agenda of discussion things that they can do to attract new members and new participation in the hobby. And some clubs are doing a great job. The Norlunga Club out and. South Australia ran a Come Try Day and they've actually got more members. Uh, the Werribee Club down here in Victoria is running Come Try Days. I think the Echuca Club's going to run a Come Try Day. Uh, bit disappointed that my local club doesn't seem to be doing much in that regard uh, to get you know to, to run some Come Try Days. They do, they do do stuff. You know, they're not sitting on their hands, but uh, I think it's up to every club to try to participate in fostering that uh, new participation. Just because it's going to be better for everybody and it's not that hard to be nice to people. So when I hear stories about people not being welcome at clubs, visits and that kind of stuff, it just and I've witnessed it firsthand with my good mate Edo Segev that was asked to leave a club when he was looking at becoming a member because they didn't like the way he flew. Well, he had just won the European Extreme Flying Championships. He was the, the best pilot in Australia and this committee or a couple of people a bit grumpy, didn't like the way that he flew, so they, they asked him to leave. And that's just stupid. The club could have had one of the best pilots in the world at mentoring other people and helping other people, but no, was driven away. And I still remember that and will never forget it. And that's an example of not what to do. And fortunately, most of us do the right thing. But there's many clubs out there that are very, very insular, that they want to keep everything to themselves. And it's a very selfish outlook and it's going to come back to bite you and the next generation. So I think we need to uh, all play our part. So enough of my opinion. Hope that uh, gets your juices flowing. Go back to your committee members. And remember, if you don't like your committee, vote vote for somebody else. Nominate to be the president or play some role. And then you can be the person to drive a new direction and lead people into a different path if you want to. But don't complain about your committee because you voted them in. Find an alternative. Uh, and uh, that just means somebody needs to make an effort. So go for it if you feel feel like it. If everything's going well, well, keep it going well. But run a come try day. It can help. My favourite part of the podcast now, guest time. And this week's guest, we've got a gentleman by the name of Alex Chigwin. Chigitawigita, as I like to call him. Uh, I give a lot of people nicknames and he's got a new nickname. Alex actually appeared in Flat Out RC magazine many, many moons ago as a junior member. I used to try to profile uh, you know, some, some kids that are involved in the hobby to show that, hey, there are kids involved in the hobby. Uh, Alex was introduced to the hobby by his grandfather and his father. Uh, his father, unfortunately, has passed away. Uh, but Alex continues to hold that torch of light for aero modeling with his grandfather. His grandfather's still an active aero modeler as well. But so I thought um, Alex reached out to me. I, met, I saw him at the Bensdale, Warbird over Bensdale event. And uh, and we had another chat caught up and um, he said he wanted to come on the podcast. I said, by all means, if you want to come on the podcast, come on the podcast. And so uh, prepared a few questions, had a chat with him. Great young kid. Absolutely awesome young kid. Really active. Uh, plenty of models too. 
So let's get into it. Let's have a chat with Alex Jigwitted. Well, we have a young gentleman with us today on the Flat Out RC podcast, and I'm going to be honest, we were just talking for about 20 minutes and I forgot to press record. So Alex Jigwitted, I'd like to apologize for taking you back to the start again. That's all right. <laughs> now, Alex, you're a young chap. It's good to have you on the podcast. We'd like to mix it up here on the Flat Out RC podcast. Just give people an understanding about who you are, where you live and all that kind of stuff. Um, Alex Chigwitten, usually known as Chiggy though, or as you call me, Chiggita Wiggita. That's exactly right. I was going to say, I call you Chiggita Wiggita now. Yep. <laughs> Good name. Um, I'm from Foster, Victoria. I'm 15 years old. Um, I've always been into planes and yeah, I go to school in Langatha and yep. You fly as much as you can now. Yeah. The uh, anyone that doesn't know where Foster is, it's sort of in the Gippsland Way down here in Victoria, and uh, it's it's a pretty small town. Uh, yeah, it is. Now you're a pretty avid aero modeler. How did you start out in the hobby? Uh, well, I first went to the field when I was about two years old. Um, and got introduced to the planes, but I got really interested in it. So when I was four, my dad put out a chair on the field and then he sat down and I sat down on his lap and then I put my fingers on the sticks of the transmitter and he put his fingers over mine and he sort of just showed me how it all works and then um, I'd start doing a little bit of elevator and aileron by myself and then a little bit of throttle by myself and then when I was about seven I started flying all by myself and yeah. You, you never had a simulator? Uh, no, I never had a sim, yeah. It's funny because the Sims were around. I, you know, I, came with, I came pinching myself going, Alex is 15. It's not that long ago that he started flying really when you get my age. It's like, oh, it was just yeah. years back. Okay. <laughs> so you, you, you're at the field at two. So you obviously must have loved it. Uh, what were you doing whilst your dad was flying? Um, I was mucking around with my other mate that was there named Clay um, with a little – chuck glider and we'd just chuck that around and then when my dad was flying I'd go and have a quick watch and when they landed I'd go and get the planes for them and all that. Oh, you would have been this cute little boy running around the field in the mud trying to get your dad's plane. That would have been cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so what was your – so you said you went solo when you were about seven. Yeah. Uh, what was the plane that you were flying? Uh, it was called a Red Zephyr. Um, some people will know them, some people won't, but – they're a sort of vintage plane. They're a tail turner, though, so they use their tail as the ailerons. Um, so it's a very easy plane to fly. You can fly it very high up in the sky or low to the ground. It's a very forgiving plane. And you told me earlier that because, you know, we already had a chap, you told me earlier that you, already, you still own that plane. Yeah, I still own it, yeah. Who built it? Um, my dad got it from someone that had passed away that used to go to our field. I can't remember his name, but I'm pretty sure he built it himself, so yeah. But you wouldn't be flying that plane very often now, would you? No, not really, no. No, no, you've, you've progressed <laughs> since those days. <laughs> okay, so interesting story. Your father's not with us anymore. He was taken from us a number of year, years back uh, due to, to having cancer, which is terrible. Uh, but yeah. you've got – you were telling me earlier that you're a third-generation aeromodeler because – your granddad started, then your dad, and then yourself. 
take us back and tell us a bit about your granddad and then your dad and their story in aero modeling. Uh, well, my uh, pop, he started by flying with control line planes. Um, and after a while, he got into the radio control planes, just like the little nitro trainers and stuff like that. And then he had kids, so he stopped doing the flying for a bit. But then uh, once the kids got a bit older, he had a bit of, a bit more time. So he started going back out to the field and flying again. And then my dad became interested in it at the same time. So um, they went flying together and then my dad got real into it. And, yeah, that's how they got started. And both your granddad and your dad were into building, weren't they? Yeah, sure were. What kind of planes are they building? Uh, big warbirds. Well, my pop was building the big warbirds because he was the one with a plane trailer and a big shed. But um, my dad, he'd build the smaller warbirds because we didn't have a plane trailer and we had a small shed. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, your dad just needed to build a bigger shed. <laughs> some of the crazy air models do. We need a bigger shed. Okay, so tell us a bit about some of the planes your granddad owns and built. Um, it's got... A fairy gannet, which has a 60cc Zenoa engine in it. A gladiator that he built, um, which has a 45cc Zenoa in it. Uh, he's got a plane called Uncle Bob, which is a plane that a lot of people um, have seen before, as well as the fairy gannet. But um, he found that on RC Trader for pretty cheap, and it came with, um, came with a little plane trailer. So he bought the plane and then had a look at it and it all needed to be redone so he pretty much built that up from the ground after he got it so so wait a second he bought a plane and it came with a trailer or did he buy a trailer yeah, and it came with a plane, plane. yeah <laughs> he bought a plane and it came with a trailer it was a That's pretty a small trailer a pretty rubbish trailer but mm-hmm. it came with the trailer so he got it okay and he's still he's still going and flying isn't he yeah he goes out every sunday and wednesday he's building anything um, I don't think he's building anything at the moment. I think he's just building, uh, fixing everyone's planes that they've crashed into the ground and stuff like that. Including <laughs> yours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What about, so, and what about your dad? What, what was he flying? Uh, more, uh, the smaller warbirds like Spitfires and, um, Mustangs and Corsairs, P-47s, stuff like that. Yeah. And have you have you adopted your, your 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 family's love of warbirds, or what direction are you going in? Um, well, I do love warbirds, and I will fly warbirds. But at the moment, I'm getting pretty into the aerobatic sort of scene. Um, I just have been liking flying, doing loops and rolls, and mucking around in the sky, and yeah, not really having many limits, which is good. That's a good way to put it. Not having many limits. People, you know, will say to me, "Oh." Flying jets is great, but jets have a limit, whereas yeah. these aerobatic planes, the limit is a lot broader, and I, that's why I like to fly them because I get bored easily, and if you've got a plane that is capable of doing all sorts of different tricks and whatever, then keep myself occupied. But uh, are, are you, you've been influenced by the young group that's, that's emerging down here in Victoria. There's a, they're all peanut gallery members. Um uh, you're one of those. You're a, peanut, a flat out RC peanut gallery member. We've got uh, Darcy Wilson, who's appeared in a number of uh, flat out RC YouTube videos. Actually, you appear in the last one from the Warbirds Over Bandstyle event. Uh, that was your yeah. 
first foray into the peanut gallery. And uh, we've got Harrison Ritter. He's, he's definitely in the peanut gallery as well. He was down there with you guys mucking around. The are you Have you got sights set on iMac or freestyle aerobatics or what area of aerobatics are you really into? Um, well, I'd like to try out um, iMac one day just to see what it's like. But um, I think freestyle would be more exciting for me. I'd find it a bit more fun to do. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm a, I'm a bit of a freestyle fan myself, even though I appreciate iMac. I think one of the challenges with iMac is um, two-day events and you've got to travel a bit and all that kind of stuff. And where yeah. you are, it's going to make it a bit difficult. And uh, your mum already does a good job of driving you around. We'll talk a bit about, yeah. about that later. But, uh, but yeah, she does an excellent job. Okay, so you've got a few planes in the shed now. Take us through the models yep. that you currently got in your hangar. Uh, I've got a Flex Innovations Yak 54. I've got a extra 300S, which um, I'm currently rebuilding. Um, I've got a Spitfire, a Seagulls model Spitfire that we, my dad won flying the my pops ferry gunner at a uh, Bensdale event. We've got a scratch-built Spitfire a Mustang that's been around for a while, uh, the Red Zephyr, um, a Boomerang, uh, Corsair, Phoenix models, uh, Rainbow, a Tundra GB and a Crackyak 55. You sure you got enough? Do you need more? No, no, I don't have enough. I don't reckon I have enough. Has the shed got bigger? Uh, no, the shed's gotten smaller since we moved house, but I'll try and fit them in somewhere. Yeah, well, you know, just kitchen. Uh, do what one of my yeah. friends does and have them in the living room next to the television so you've got to stare <laughs> at them all the time, especially when they get really big, you know. The only way is up, Alex. Like, this is this is nothing compared to, you know, in 10 years' time, it'll be a different story, I can I can tell you that. Are, yeah. you, are you into anything else besides aero modelling at your age? Um, I'm really into mountain bike riding. Um, I recently did a race on the weekend and uh, did a relay team with my mate and we came oh, yeah. first. So, oh, well done. Where did you do that? Yeah. Uh, down at Foster. They had a race down there and really? it was a four-hour cross-country oh, endurance race. Yeah. Well, was it you had to do laps and you, you changed every lap? Yeah, just changed every lap. and Yeah, it was pretty hard um, course that they set up though. It was pretty much all uphill. So, oh, yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> We could yeah. do a team. I've got a mountain bike. I've done a fair bit of mountain biking, and you know, we've yeah. got a few of the younger group that, that ride mountain bikes. We could have like the aero modeling mountain bike crew. I yeah. might need to be rescued up at the top of one of the hills, but uh, <laughs> I'm good at going down the hills, Alex. I've got something I call yeah. momentum. Some people call yeah. it fat, but I call it momentum. Um, I'm good at going <laughs> down the hills. Um, <laughs> do you have to do sport at school like you're doing footy or anything like that? Uh, no, not really. I've never really been into the sort of team sports. I've always been into bike riding and planes pretty much. Good, because we don't want any distractions no. for the aero modelling. Yeah. You know, it, it takes away from the time that you got available to you to get out there. And speaking yeah. of getting out there, you fly at the Bensdale Club. Yeah. And the Bensdale Club is really not that close to where you live. How long does it take you to get to the field? About an hour and 40 minutes or something like that, yeah. And, of course, you can't drive yourself, so that makes your mum a legend. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. You know, see, this is the other side of it. When, you know, you've got to have supportive parents, and no doubt both your parents are pretty supportive of your uh, era modelling, and now your mum's really 
taking one for the team to get you to the field because she knows how much you love it. So uh, yeah. she's a good lady, your mum. Now, sure and what, why, why do you go to the Benzel field? Because the Swamps field where you also fly, which is what a name, Swamps, and as you were yeah. telling me earlier, it's like a swamp sometimes and they actually chose a name that they could be abbreviated to Swamps. Which is actually yeah, a bit of how many members down at Swamps? It's not a very busy place, is it? Oh, not many. Um, oh, I wouldn't really know much, but I'd say about 20, maybe, maybe more, maybe less. I'm not too yeah. sure. They, they run some pattern flying events there. They have over the years. Yeah, I think of. they're doing a pattern flying event on Saturday. I don't know why they go down to Swamps, but they do. Well, yeah. do you know why? Because they can get the field to use. Uh, it's plenty of space, yeah. and uh, they've always been welcome. You know? Yeah, because it's one of those things with those events where you pretty much got to shut the field down to the members, and and it's not too bad in the country areas where there's not as many members and not not as many people at the field. But you go to a busy club in a more suburban area, closer to the city, then people are like, oh, we we want to go flying, and you know, I've been working all week and I want to get out flying, and now these people are here flying and hogging the sky and all this kind of stuff, and it's like, oh, come on, people, it's one it's one or two days. <laughs> There's plenty of other yeah. days to go for a fly. But, um, but yeah, what do you love about the Benzel Club? Um, I like uh, how there's Darcy and um, there's another boy called John down there. Um, I like just talking to people my age about planes and just other sort of stuff that we do, like mountain bike riding and motorbikes and stuff like that and camping and all that sort of stuff. And I also like seeing some of the people I used to fly with when I was – Younger because we used to go to the old Bansdale uh, field, field down at the tip and do all the events down there. So been around the Bansdale Club for a little while, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of people that know you down there, so that sort of helps. But interesting yeah. how you say that you like hanging around with – it's good to have people your own age there. Yeah. And I think that's something that people forget We you're older folks that are all getting grumpy and we need to get kids into the hobby. It's just another barrier because, you know, like you go to a flying field and you're the youngest person there, sometimes you just want to hang out with people your own age, especially when you're that age. I, I, I don't mind hanging out with the older guys at the field um, because I'm heading that way. But I could imagine yeah. it as a 15-year-old, you know, I, my son, I've tried to get him to come to the field and help me out and shoot a video or something like that. He goes, oh, I don't want to hang out with all the boring people and all this kind of stuff. But the thing that does attract him, I say, oh, well, there's young guys there, you know, you've got Darcy and Harrison, Belint and all these other young guys in our little group down here in Victoria um, that uh, I said, you know, you can hang around with and that's more appealing. So for we older folk out there, understand that uh, if you're the youngest person in the field and there's a massive age gap, sometimes you can feel a bit isolated. But um, it's actually good to see see you you guys hang out with each other a similar age and similar interests, of course. But um. You like the same things as me, though, so can I come and join your group, mountain bikes, motorbikes, model planes? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I could fit in. As I said to you, I'm just a kid. I'm a kid at heart. Everyone says to me, Alex, you know, you must be going through a midlife crisis because, you know, I buy another motorbike or something. And I said, no, my midlife crisis started when I was 14. So I'm just <laughs> continuing that. It's just nothing's changed. <laughs> People have known me all my life. They know what I'm like. It's, it's not a phase. <laughs> okay, so... The plane actually that you're mainly flying now is the um, the Flex Innovations Yak, isn't it? The 30cc. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. Is that that's got a DLE in it, isn't it? The DLE thirty four. Uh, no, that's got an evolution engine oh. in it. Yeah. How does that go? Uh, it goes really well. Yeah, starts pretty much at first time every time and runs nicely. It's a good engine. Yeah. Yeah, that that's uh, that plane's done the rounds. Harrison Ritter had that plane, sold it to Darcy Wilson, and now you've got it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was surprised when I saw it there. I went, I know that plane. <laughs> I've seen it before. <laughs> Apparently, they fly really well. Yeah, it does fly pretty good. Yeah, yeah. The uh, heard some really good reviews about how, how they uh, they fly. They're not making them anymore. Those planes, but anyway, no. There'll always be another plane. Speaking of other planes, yeah. you're telling me that that some of your your dad's old planes are sitting there in the shed, and um, are they flyable or what kind of state are they in? Um, some of them are flyable. Um. About two of them are flyable, the two Spitfires. Um, oh, no, more than that. Um, so I've got the two Spitfires that are flyable, um, the Red Zephyr, the Boomerang, the uh, Phoenix Models Rainbow, but um, the Mustang and the Corsair need a little bit of work done to them. The Mustang needs a new engine and the uh, Corsair needs some retracts. But um, Apart from that, yeah, that probably would be fine to fly if I got them going. Have you flown some of those planes, your dad's planes? Uh, no, I haven't. I've flown the um, Zephyr, Red Zephyr and the Boomerang and the Rainbow, but not the Warbirds. I haven't got around to that yet. I'm planning on flying the Seagull models um, Spitfire sometime soon once it dries out. Yeah, well, we were up at the that Benzel event, the Warbirds over Benzel event, and... Saturday was awesome, wasn't it? But Sunday yeah. was a different story that had bucketed down. We've had that much rain here, haven't we? Bucketed mm. down on the Saturday night and then there was just – did you used to stay at the field that night? Yeah, I was in my swag and it was the one night I didn't put my swag under a shelter either. So, oh, yeah, it was man. a big puddle when I got out of my swag. Didn't <laughs> you look at the – see, this is what amazes me, Alex, about you young kids you got this thing called a phone in your hand, right? you got all the information in the world at your fingertips and you didn't bother to look at the weather forecast? There's no reception out there. I couldn't. <laughs> okay, true. But before you left home, did you look at the forecast? Like, I well, actually, I, did, yeah, I came back to the field after dinner and saw, saw all of you and it started yeah. to sort of rain a little bit and there was this massive – I looked at the radar when I was back at my motel in Bairnsdale – and I, I could just see this massive band of rain. I was sitting there going, yeah. this is going to soak the place. And there were rivers running through the pit area, which was great. There yeah. were areas of the strip that were flooded. It should have turned to a float fly event because the weather actually was really good, wasn't it, on the Sunday after the rain? Clear skies, beautiful, no wind, but oh. it was just too wet to fly. So, yeah. Oh, well, they, we can't control the weather. Yeah. As we know. Uh, is there anywhere to fly near Foster? a park or something you can get out to well i bought the crack yak re- uh, crack yak recently um because uh lately mum's been working a lot and it's been hard to get out to the field because of other things that i've got on and all that sort of stuff so bought the crack yak so i could just go out to the lo- local uh soccer ovals and uh just fly that around so yeah i go out as much as i can when it's not windy and go for a fly after school or something those little RC factory foamings are great for that. I, yeah. I reckon they're great for improving your skills. You yeah, know, it's an awesome I've got a – I've had one before. I used to fly indoor with one and um, 
and uh, and I float outdoors a bit when it's really calm. Um, but um, yeah, they're really good for getting the fingers working and the brain working. Mm. Do you find though that you fly it a bit more aggressively than you do the balsa planes, the bigger balsa planes? Oh yeah, <laughs> I yeah I fly it really hard that thing. And I have to do a couple of repairs on it, but haven't uh, done anything too bad to it. <laughs> well, a repair's not that hard on a foamy Elix. Yeah, no, it's just a bit of glue and bit of glue. up and going again. Yeah. Now, when it comes to getting information about the hobby and, and you know, that kind of thing, are you actively on social media platforms looking at flying stuff or YouTube? You know, how are you getting information about, you know, the, about aeromodelling? Um, mainly talking to my pop. Um, he's the main person I always talk to. When I've got a question about something, I give him a call or uh, see if he can come down or something and we figure it out and just talk about it and he'll show me how to do it and he'll do it and then I'll do it and that's just how I figure out stuff. Um, I'm getting better at all that sort of stuff. I used to be not too good at it, but I'm getting a lot better at it. Yeah, you will. Once you get a few projects under your belt that you really want to do, yeah. you'll be on the internet staring at stuff and whatever. I'm finding <laughs> that uh, there's so much stuff on the internet. Yeah. And oh, it's it's just a lot of the same old, same old. Now, when you've been around looking at stuff on the internet or, you know, for the hobby, you know, ever since I started, it's like, oh, another person flying aerobatics. Yeah, okay, I've seen it. I appreciate it. It's great. They're very, very talented. But uh I don't know. I've been thinking about some um, different kinds of videos to shoot, Alex. Yeah. Just between you and me. They could, I've got some crazy ideas going around my head. I just think, though, if I actually acted on those ideas that are in my head, I'd probably be kicked out of clubs. But I'd get a lot of views. <laughs> It'd be great. It'd be, I'd get a truckload of views. I'll tell you <laughs> off here what my idea is. Or I'll tell you now just in case I've tried to do some of it. But, um, yeah, I'll be racking my brains. Oh, what can you do that would be fun? I'm just looking for this to have fun with those videos. And, uh, yeah. I haven't hit, haven't nailed it yet. I'm still work, work in progress with all those videos. Uh, okay. Well, I've, I've written some questions down to, to give me some, some things to ask you. And there's a question that I wrote that I've never really asked anybody before. And that is, what is the most difficult part of error modeling for you? At your age, what is the hardest part? Um. Well, for me personally, it's, probably doesn't happen to most people but I just find it hard um just being by myself when it comes to getting a new plane and stuff like that because my dad's passed away I don't really have anyone at the house to teach me how to put the like the batteries in the right spot or stuff like that I figured it out on my own most of that stuff but um it's just I find it kind of hard to figure it all out by myself but I get there in the end it's just it was good to have someone there to help me through that when I got a new plane or something and setting up a new plane, especially when I got this yak, I was a bit lost because I've never had a petrol plane before and I had to be texting my mates all the time trying to figure out how to uh, use the choke properly and yeah. um, hook up the kill switch and all that sort of, all that stuff that people find basic, but I find it hard because I've got no one right there to talk to, but I've I've got uh, Darcy there that really helps me through all that sort of stuff. Like he knows a lot, so it's good to have Darcy there to help me. 
That is true. He's 100% right. But, you know, it's good to have someone there and, you know, he's unfortunately dad's not there. He could have just gone, I'll just do this and you would have been able to move on. But I suppose the yeah. upside is that you're working it out and you're learning from that working out process. So, you know, even if you ring somebody up and they give you a tip, you're going to remember it. Not like other yeah. people who are like, oh, no, dad just did it all. What did you do again? Oh, I don't know. You're actually learning it. So <laughs> from, a, from a progression yeah. point of view, you're probably – you know, going to move ahead pretty quickly with that kind of stuff. You know, okay, I don't oh, – my, my dad was never into model aeroplanes and I had to work it out. But you, like you just go to a mate and say, what do you do? And um, and learn off each other in a kind of way. And But it, it's one of those things though, isn't it? We say say taking the a petrol engine kind of thing, moving from the nitro into the petrol. Yeah. Once you've done it once, you get it, don't you? Yeah. It's just the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, this is my first time. I'm just figuring it out now. I've got it under control now, and I can start it by myself every time. So, yeah, yeah, it's all called learning. So I always say, like, um, if you ever one day you should uh, at some point in time in your life go and build a plane from a kit, like a glider or something like that, right? And when you've got to build something like that, you'll muck it up. Guarantee yeah. your first model. Unless you're a gun and a natural at it, you're going to muck something up. It might look a bit bodgy kind of thing. It'll probably fly, but it won't look great. But that exercise of building that first model teaches you so much. Like, yeah. so much. I even started, one time I started scratch building, cutting out the ribs and all that kind of stuff with the wings. And, uh, yeah. and I learned a lot just from that. You know, just. But are you the kind of guy that learns from doing or are you happy to read something and go, okay, I got it? I learned from doing. I'm very much an hands-on learner. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the way I am. People, people will try to teach me how to do stuff, and I'm like, I'm like, yep, 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 yep. And I'm just thinking to myself, just let me go. I'll work it out. I'll just go and do it, and yeah. then I'll learn, kind of thing. I will, I will watch videos and read things to help. But, um, okay. How do you choose what plane to take to the fields? Just this this yak now that you're taking. Um, well, I take the Yak and I like to take my uh, Durafly Tundra as well. I always fly that before I fly any of my other planes because I know it's going to always fly well and it's always going to be very forgiving and I can warm up my fingers on that and just just get comfortable with flying for the day, yeah. Yeah, I do the same. Nothing like grabbing yeah. a foamy to just uh, get the fingers going and then uh, then get into it. How many flights would you be doing in an average session? Um, oh, like an average day at the field. Yeah. Um, about, well, I've only got two batteries for my Tundra, so I'll do two flights with the Tundra in the morning and then I'll fly my Yak for about three times or something. And then in the afternoon before I go home, I'll usually fly the Tundra a couple more times because the batteries will be nice and charged. So, yeah, I don't try and fly too many times because otherwise I get overconfident and then something bad happens or something <laughs> like that yeah <laughs> well you gotta keep on pushing the boundaries though alex you know yeah <laughs> you gotta keep on pushing um the gee, i'll tell you what really impressed with the bansdale club they've really uh done a good job with extending their runway the, the grass is awesome there's plenty of space yeah. undercover pit area you know charging facilities toilet showers do you ever stay at the field just on a normal uh Weekend, not a not an event weekend. 
Uh, no, I don't. I, I was thinking about it one day. I was thinking I might stay there, um, go up there Friday night, stay there um, overnight and then stay there Saturday night as well and then leave Sunday afternoon or something when we've got a long ho- long weekend or something like that. You've got school holidays coming up. What's the plan for the school holidays? Um, flying and bike riding and camping, that's pretty much what I've got <laughs> planned. <laughs> they sound like pretty good things to do. What yeah. Kind of, what kind of bike you got? Um, I've currently got a Trek Marlin 7, a hardtail bike, but at Christmas I'm getting a giant trance 2 that I went halves with on my, with my mum, so that'll be good, and that's a dually. So. Yeah, that'll be a good bike. I've got a dually. You need a dual suspension bike there. Yeah. yeah. Way to go. Way to go. Are you into cross-country or downhill or enduro? What are you into? Uh, I'm more into downhill and doing jumps and stuff, but I'll do cross country if I have to. Yeah. No, oh, see, I don't like the pedaling <laughs> thing. Have you ever had a go of an um, e-bike? Ah, uh, yeah, I have, and I loved it. But then <laughs> I looked at them online and saw how much money oh, they were. Fortunate. I decided I hated them. <laughs> and they've got got even more expensive after COVID. I, I got yeah. my wife one a number of years back because you know what happens, Alex, when you marry, and if you go and start buying lots of model airplanes, and your wife wants a bike. You just say, yeah, okay, don't worry about the expense, Alex, because, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you spend a lot of money, then you might be able to spend more money as well on yourself and getting more jets or something like that. We're always into different things. Do you like cars yet? Uh, yeah, I'm actually really into cars. Um, oh, fancy. I'm actually um, getting an apprenticeship uh, September next year at a mechanic, so, yeah. Really? Yeah, I am, yeah. <laughs> See? Do you know what's going to happen, though, once you start working? That's it. No, I'll run out of time for planes, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you'll be working and you'll be greasy hands, you'll be tired, all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, we, I, I've got this feeling that we're going to be short of motor mechanics. Yeah. I don't think there's that many people going down that route. You know, nowadays everyone's trying to do all sorts of different things. You know, but um, you'll end up making a fortune out of it when no, there'll be nobody left. Yeah, that would be good. No, no. More planes. No <laughs> more planes. No, you'll be married with 10 kids and <laughs> you'll be chasing up. You'll be like Andy Coleman, who we had in the podcast, oh, yeah. running around with all the all the girls that he's got. <laughs> but, but you know what? It's funny. Like, I always say this. I've done, like, this is episode 128 or 129. So I've interviewed yeah. a lot of people and our stories are very, very similar. It's just that yours just 15. So... Your story yeah. at 15 is very similar to a lot of other people. And we're starting yeah. towards 18 and we start to fall in love with, with uh, cars and, of course, the women or men, either way. <laughs> but yeah, you fall in love and uh, and then the, the hobby sort of takes a bit of a back seat. But I don't think it's going to take a back seat for you. People like yourself and Darcy Wilson and Harris and the Peanut Gallery members, I can just see yeah. you guys powering through. And I think because you're mates and that will keep you in it, do you think that's yeah. right? That having having other friends your age helps keep you motivated. Yeah, well, I was thinking about this the other day. I thought once I get my job and all that, um, will I have enough time for planes and all that? But then I realised I have Sundays off, so I thought I'll still have time for planes, and I've got all these mates that still do it. So I'll always want to go meet up with them, and that'll just encourage me to keep on flying because I don't want to give up flying, but. No. I don't want to leave it behind, so, I, yeah. I keep on thinking, like, when I see the group of um, the young generation, and mind you, people, 
we're talking about five or six people here um, that they're all become mates, and and a lot of them don't live near each other. Like they're you know it's, they're, they're hours drive away from each other, but the internet allows them to connect and and that kind of thing. That I say to the group, it's amazing to watch you guys and to think that if you all keep it up, you'll get, you'll be lifelong friends, and you would share yeah. so many memories of flying events and stuff like that. It's just going to be absolutely awesome. Absolutely mm. awesome. There's going to be so many good memories that all of you are going to make. It's just going to be – I hope you all stick in with it. But I, I'm pretty positive. I think you, you know, you're all pretty much addicted now and you can't shake it. So Yeah. That's a bit – Well, I'm just getting started pretty much. I've, I'm only just getting started with the bigger planes. So yeah, I've got lots of time, yeah. But, yeah, when you moved to the bigger planes, did you find they were easier to fly? Um. I find that they handle the wind a lot better. Like this yak, my first flight with it was in, because Lang Lang's always windy, it was in a bit of wind and it was not bothered by it, which I find good because Lang Lang's always windy. So, yeah. Yeah, I always found that um, flying the bigger planes was always a bit easier than flying the smaller planes, but I can see them better. They, um, Yeah, like you said, they don't get blown around in the wind, which makes a, a massive difference really, especially when it's windy. It is windy down there at that swamps field. I've driven past sure. there a lot. Um, and and you can get a bit of a breeze up there. Yeah. Well, I've never really been there when it's not been windy. It's always windy. So mm. I've kind of gotten used to flying in wind. So, yeah. And you need to. Otherwise, you'd really get out flying, <laughs> waiting for the perfect conditions. Yeah. And, and you'd have to be there early. So what does your mum think of your model flying? Um, She, she likes it, yeah. She's always found it pretty uh, good that we've got all that I've kept on going with it. Um, especially seems how when my dad passed away, she thought I might have not wanted to go flying anymore, but she encouraged me to get out there and she took me to the Lang Lang field and then took me to Bansdale. And, um, yeah, she's always been very supportive of it, which has been awesome, yeah. We need to get your mum flying. Yeah, I, I've asked her if she wanted to do it once and she said she wasn't too keen, so. <laughs> yeah, you got to be into it. It's, it always amazes me how... Uh, just because your dad flew doesn't mean that you were going to take it up. Like, you know, my son's not interested. A lot of we guys, our, our kids aren't interested in it at all. Uh, but yeah. it's something must trigger in our brains, this fascination with model planes that is just so overwhelming that I look back at my history and think, what at what point did I like aeroplanes? Why did I like aeroplanes? But, yeah, th- th- you've obviously seen it and just been attracted towards it. You never thought about uh, becoming a pilot? Uh, I used to want to become a crop duster pilot because I just love the crop duster planes, but mum was saying how dangerous it yes. was and all that. So, And I just sort of realised that I don't really want to be a pilot. I'm more into being a mechanic, so, yeah. I'll tell you what, crop dusting pilots, it is dangerous. It's amazing what they yeah. do. Like they're, they're very skillful, but, uh, yeah, that's a different breed of pilot right there, flying yeah. What do your school friends think of your model flying? Um, now some of them, you know, they pick on me for it and say that I'm playing with toys, but they're not really the friends that I care about that much. That <laughs> if they're picking on me, I don't really care about them too much. But the ones that are proper friends, they always like coming around to my house and asking questions about them. And, um, the other day, actually, I had my mates around and we went down to the soccer oval and I showed them, uh, me flying my crack yak and they were pretty impressed. and. They liked watching, so 
some of them like it some of them pick on me for it but i don't really care if they do i'm not going to give up on it just because someone's picking on me <laughs> it's true, 100% true. <laughs> otherwise we yeah. do nothing but the why do you think there aren't more kids involved in model flying well i think it's more because of the trend thing everyone's sort of trend is sort of a big thing in my age i don't know why but if model flying became a big trend i reckon everyone would be onto it but because it's not a trend i think that's the main reason why no one really likes it and they've just never seen it before so yeah i think they're the main reasons maybe they don't think it's cool enough or something like that yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> i actually think you're 100 right I'm just looking at the uh, the map of Foster so I can disorient myself. And the Foster mountain bike trails are right there. Man, you live in the best part of the world. We yeah, I know. Gee, you're not far from Wilson's Prom either. Yeah, I've been there a lot of times, so get a bit over it after a while. But... <laughs> <laughs> Where do you go camping? Um, On my mate's land, they got a big farm. That's another thing I'm into, farming. I like farming. It's just something I find pretty interesting. Yeah, we go camping pretty much every weekend that I'm not flying. We go camping, so yeah. <laughs> go to that friend's place, all right, who's got the farm, yeah. and say, I think we could build a runway here. Yeah, well, he's the, he's the one that's uh, sold that small RC plane to, so I might get him to build a runway in one of his paddocks one day, so yeah. Don't tell him about this podcast because we're just scheming there. Can you just get him yeah. really hooked? Right, and yeah. you got to invest time into him, Alex, so that he yeah. gives you the go ahead to go and build a uh, a strip <laughs> out in the out in the field. But then you want the other people around you. But you can all organise those people to come and go camping and go flying. It'd be perfect. Yeah, yeah absolutely perfect. That <laughs> sounds like a plan. But man, you, you do drive a long way to get out to Bansdale, but it's good. It's a good club there. So yeah, well worth the uh, worth the effort to get out there. Dream model. You got any dream models? I was thinking about this the other day. Um, my dream model is probably, oh, I can't remember. I think it's, yeah, Edge 540, but in that casserole uh, scheme. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I reckon that would be an awesome plan. I love that scheme. It's awesome. Um, but also that would be my dream aerobatic plane, but my dream warbird would have to be a, a nice big Corsair with a big radial. In it. Oh, gee. Yeah. yeah. You know, got expensive taste right there, but yeah, I know it's right. A, a big, a big Corsair with a big radial up the front would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a few nice ones around that we get to see because of course there's one of those planes that it's a bit like Mustangs and Spitfires in a kind of way. People can become a Mustang person or a Spitfire person, or, but yeah. or a Corsair. Cause, and it's it's amazing when you think about it, really, because there are plenty of different Mustangs and plenty of different Spitfire models, but Corsairs are probably a few, I reckon, but. Uh, but, um, yeah, you've got to have the radial on it, don't you? Yeah, they just sound so good, the radials, and they look really nice, and you got to have the radial. <laughs> well, down at the Warbit over the Benzo, we had uh, Carl B's on with his Corsair with the radial up front. Yeah. And it was so quiet. Yeah, it was really quiet, I noticed. It, was, it sounded good, but it would have been better if it was even louder. Need to drill <laughs> some holes in the exhaust. Yeah. <laughs> like they're doing cars. Back when you were young and stupid, you go, oh, it needs to build this, this, this car to sound louder. Oh, we'll drill some holes in the exhaust. That'll help. <laughs> Make a car sound louder, we just cut the exhaust off. <laughs> well, I'm a bit concerned about you, Alex. I'm a bit yeah. concerned about your direction. You Why know, is that? 
well, you know, getting into cars, you want to be a mechanic and, you know, it's a slippery slope. They're very expensive to, the cars to, to, to work on and hot up and all that. Yeah. And, you know, there's Brad Worm from uh, down the Trukaway, young guy, I'm on his back now saying, oh, no, he's got a paddock bomb. And, well, it's not much of a paddock. It's not too much of a bomb, actually. But he's, he's got yeah. to that. And, oh, it's, and people are saying, oh, no, we've lost Wormy. We've lost him to cars. But uh, he'll come back. After he gets yeah. married and things settle down, he'll be back. My dad was a mechanic and so is my pop. So, of course, that's another thing I've been into for a while. So, oh, look, see, it, see that, 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 that bloodline, that DNA is really strong in your family. Yeah. yeah. Sure <laughs> <is>. <laughs> do you like building, though? Because you, you, your dad and your granddad like to build. Do you, do you like building planes? Um, I like, I do like building. I haven't really built anything big, but I do have. A dream one day to build a um i don't know if you've seen it but trent palmer he has a um a real plane it's a kit fox, kit fox. yep yeah oh, i have a dream to build one of them one day with like a, like a 50 cc size or something like that that'd be my dream to build one of that that'd be awesome Just, wouldn't it yeah i love stole planes like that but um yeah same. i love watching trent palmer watch all these videos yeah uh, and uh, I've actually asked him to come on the podcast. He never replied. And it, it, yeah. they, they flies RC. Like a lot of those guys do. Yeah, uh, all that. There is the um, there is the model kit fox. Did, did flight test do a kit fox? Yeah, they did. And I was going to buy one, but they don't sell it anymore, which is a shame. But... Yeah, I don't know how well they flew, but um, but yeah, they had that. But uh, you like if someone built an ARF or a kit of that kind of plane, yeah, it, it'd sell well. Like it's just got the right ingredients. For a good RC plane, but if it was a big one, yeah, that'd be awesome. Would be cool. You need to get your hands on some plans or scale them down and uh, yeah, start scratch building. Yeah, a big one. Imagine like a three meter wingspan version. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, be awesome. Put a turbo engine in it like he's got. <laughs> Being a mechanic, you'll be able to, you know, whip up. I'll just whip up and pull the turbo out of a Subaru WRX and I'll whack it on. <laughs> puts out 500 horsepower now, this motor. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Well, okay. Let's get to that final question, the question that everybody wants to uh, find the answer out to, and that is what has been your all-time favourite model? And you've had a few already. Yeah. Um all-time favourite model, I'm trying to think. Uh, <laughs> probably I used to have a Sky Raider. Um, it was like a trainer plane. Um, they usually have a, the nose wheel and the um, normal undercarriage sort of oh, tricycle undercarriage, that's what it's called. That's right. um, they usually have that, but um, my dad turned it into a tail dragger and um, that was one of my second planes, and I love that plane. I used to do sort of – I learned how to roll with that and do loops and all that sort of stuff, so I used to love mucking around with that plane. So, yeah, that was one of my all-time favourite planes. Skyrim. Yeah. I'm just having a look now. A Warbird? No, no. No, the, the trainer. There's a Warbird, but – a Sky Raider trainer. Yeah. Nitro powered, was it? Yeah, nitro, yeah. Smell of nitro. 
One of the best smells ever. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Sky Raider. Yeah. World Models or something? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's World Models, yeah. Was it low wing or high wing? Uh, high wing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we'd have had to move the, uh, the landing gear forward a bit to get to drag the tail. Yeah. Yeah, I had to do that, but... It was awesome. I love tail draggers a lot better than those um, tricycle yeah. landing gear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whenever I think of tricycle landing gear, I think front nose wheel squashing back as you run along the grass. You know those yeah. trainer planes. And I had a, I had a, 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 it was a seagull, seagull boomerang trainer plane oh, nitro. Yeah. And um, yeah, the front nose wheel started to get a bit bent and wobbly after not many flights. Actually, I was probably doing some pretty hard landings, but. I mean, those boomerangs fly really, really well. Looking back at it, yeah. it was a really boring plane for me to fly once I sort of got the gist of flying circuits. But, gee, it's, uh, it flew really, really well. Hands off and it was just straight as a bell. Yeah, I've got a boomerang. They're a good plane, yeah, but I kind of got – I'm not bored of it, but I like a bit faster planes now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got rid of my my boomerang as soon as I got my sort of my bronze wings back then. I called the license, the you know, prove it or fly by myself kind of thing. And uh, yeah. but in hindsight, after I had Michael Tims on the podcast, and he's really good at teaching people how to fly. And he actually said, "Oh, he gets a trainer out and just practices landings." And I yeah. thought, man, that'd be good. Like, like it's boring if you're just flying it around, but if you're flying it around doing touch and goes. That's a different story. Like every circuit, do a touch and go. So you use it literally as a trainer plane. And I'm thinking about what I've got in my hangar that I can just do that. Just fly something where I can do touch and goes to practice landings because he, you know, he's got a technique for landing which I think makes a lot of sense, which is around controlling the descent rate through the the engine, not through the elevator, and holding your elevator position on on final approach setting your elevator position and then controlling the descent with the motor. And you really yeah. have to practice that. But once you do, you just nail it. You just like build up some really good landing skills. But um but I'm not gonna go and buy a trainer. I've got yeah. enough I've got Alex, I've got enough model aeroplanes. I don't need to buy another one. Never have enough. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Until your wife tells you that you've got enough and then you've got enough. <laughs> Alex, it's been a pleasure having you on the Flat Out RC podcast. Uh you, you you've you've you were in the magazine as a junior pilot. You're getting older. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. it was awesome to see you down at the the, the Warbirds over Bensdale event. And I'm I'm glad you were there and uh, got to say good day. Well done, well done to your granddad for for helping you out. Well done to your dad, uh, who's not with us anymore, and we miss him. And of course, well done to your mum as well for driving you all that way. You owe her big time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when you get your license in a few years' time. That's it. You're driving her wherever she wants to go. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Alex, thanks for joining me. That's all right. Thanks for having me. About to leave. Already packing. Come with me. I'm not really asking. We'll get away to a place where we don't know. Another episode of the Flat Out RC podcast done and dusted. I'm trying to work out how many more I've got till the end of the year. But anyway, before I count... Big thank you to Alex Chigwin for joining me, the Chigata Wiggata all the way there from Gippsland. What a great kid he is. Uh, and I uh, can't wait to, to track his aero modelling journey. I'm old enough to still be around him for a, for a long time, hopefully, touch wood. So uh, big thank you to Alex. Uh, now, I'm just trying to think. Next week's Alex. 
Click after that. It's another guy. I think there's only another couple of episodes to go. Yeah, there are. Only two episodes to go. I think I've got... I know who I want to have on the Christmas edition. Uh, and normally, stay tuned for the Christmas edition because uh, I normally do, you know, the, 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 the awards ceremony for, you know, the most listened uh, to podcasts, the top 10. So I'll do that countdown as per usual. It's been, what, this is my third year. Third Christmas, at least, of running uh, the Flat Out RC podcast, still going strong. And we'll continue to do so in 2023. So get on board with the Flat Out RC movement. Get onto the YouTube channel. Watch a few videos. Subscribe. Get onto the Flat Out RC podcast, the Instagram page, the Facebook page. Join the Flat Out RC movement, the world's greatest aero modeling movement on the internet. So hype that up. Just having fun. Anyway, have a good week. I'll be back next week. Good guest next week, international guest. Haven't recorded the interview yet, but I know that I am going to, and it's going to be a really good one. Little tip, if you're into jets, you want to listen to this one. Anyway, be back next week. Talk soon.